Hello, and welcome to Conversations Between Widows. I am one of the co-hosts, Tanya Wilson. And I'm your other co-host, LaSharma Jefferson. And we're bringing you weekly conversations about our widow journey. Our purpose is to provide our listeners with a window seat into how two young women who became widows too soon are navigating life after their loss. Our goal is to provide another support system to other widows on the same journey to help them feel less alone. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and shake your head profusely in agreement to what Tanya and I and our guests are talking about. So come on in and enjoy the conversation. Oh, the weekend was really nice. Um, it didn't quite turn out as it, as planned, but it was good uh, nonetheless. Um, I really enjoyed my Monday. I saw my granddaughters on Sunday. That's when I had a, you know some family over, which wound up just being my daughter and my granddaughters and my mom. So it was a nice, small, intimate thing. However, on Monday, um, me and my mom went to go see uh, Maverick, you know, the new movie. And it was fabulous. It was fabulous. And I was just sitting there like... I heard it was good. I love me some Tom Cruise. I'm like, Tom Cruise, you are the man. He is probably just one of my uh, favorite actors. He's kind of like... It's another actor who's like, anytime they're in a movie, I'm going to check that movie out because they do good films. And that's is how I kind Brad of feel Pete? about it. Uh, it's not him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think of his name, but if somebody else, if I see them in a movie, I'm like, oh, okay, let me check that out. But uh, yeah, Tom Cruise was definitely one um, that I'm, I'm going to see the movie. And I just felt really, really fortunate. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, man, I'm so glad that I had that experience of the first, you know, the Top Gun and just that's the movie that like from my youth that I really enjoy. You know, some movies just stick out to you, you know, that you mm-hmm. saw when you were growing up. And I just love that. And like the emotions that were in it, you know, from, you know, just losing his friend and, you know, he was a rebel and then the love affair that he had with you know, the instructor, and then being able to see 20 years later, you know, this uh, part two of the movie and just the development. And I just think about it like from an artistic point of view. And I'm always thinking about movies from a standpoint of writing. And even when I watch stuff on TV, you know, and you see how they just have all of these twists and stuff. And I'm thinking, man, did they know that that's what they were, what was going to happen? Like when they initially, you know, created the story from the beginning when you just see some really amazing plot twist. And so as I was looking at this movie, you know, uh, Maverick is like, did they have any idea that they would possibly consider doing, you know, mm-hmm. a second part of this movie? But it, it, it was just, the storyline was just really great. You know how they do some part twos and you're like, mm-hmm. eh. Yeah, I could have left this alone. But that it was it was absolutely perfect. Everything made sense and 
they did the thing, you know, with um, Val Kilmer. Um, I, if you keep up with anything related to him, he mm-hmm. played Iceman. And, you know, he actually is dealing with a um, illness. I believe it got, I think it's throat cancer. And so he literally cannot speak. And I love the fact that they still wrote that into the, into this uh, screenplay, you know, and had him still play his uh, part, you know. Uh, Wait a minute, Val was in there too? Val was in the movie, girl. Yes. Yes. And it was just like, it it was very honorable, you know, that they didn't look at his illness like, oh, oh, he can't be in it, you know, because he can't speak, you know. But, you know, you think about all this stuff we talk about, inclusive uh, inclusivity, you know, it's like a person has a disability, it does not discount their ability to still perform. And I think that was um, made clear, you know, in the movie. You know, just because something happens to you doesn't mean you're down and out. So I definitely give that movie two thumbs up. And I would gladly go and see it again. Oh, I'm going to have to check it out. Um, yeah, I heard that nice. Top Gun was good by um, Paya Wait, um, a girl that I follow on YouTube. Uh, Sharon, I think her name is that. If I mm-hmm. tried uh, or something like that, she does pay away and she said that Top Gun was a thumbs up. Um, I am uh, a Tom Cruise fan. My favorite one, um, it used to be uh, Mission Impossible 2 with him. <laughs> but I think my favorite one was with him and Jamie Foxx was in the movie and Jada Pickett in Collateral. And he really played a character that was different than what he... Because, you know, he's usually the hero, but he was the villain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the fact that he played a different character, that was good. But like going back to what you were saying, what's the character, if you see a a person, then you see them in a film, you got to go see a Kevin Costner for me. That's why I'm stuck looking at Yellowstones right now. Whoever thought I've been into some cowboys... But because Kevin Costner is in there, I'm into it. And he happened to be in there with my other favorite guy, which is Cole Hosser. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to check this out. And it did not disappoint. It, it delivered for me. Well, well I'll say, I'm, I just, I had to pull up some lists of actors to, like, give my mem- give my mind a little, <laughs> little uh, job. But I was seeing Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is another one oh, of my yeah, favorite Bruce actors. Um, but I will say he has done a couple of movies where it wasn't that great, though. But he's Ooh. still one. If I see his name in the list of characters, you cast, I'm like, okay, you, let me check are it Are you talking about Untouchable? And uh, what was the one? Because it was a series. It's like a comic book series of it. And it had, uh, yeah, it was, un- was it Untouchable? Or something like that with oh Unbreakable was it Unbreakable Unbreakable yeah, yeah. Oh, that was t- one I, I think that was supposed to be serious but when Samuel L fell down those steps I I, I couldn't control my <laughs> Samuel L Jackson yeah I think I I think Samuel for me when he played that role in <laughs> Regina Davis yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's my favorite movie. His good night. It was just like that is Tanya's. (laughs) Yes, Tanya's favorite movie of all time. In fact, I have that listed on my Facebook page. If they still show what's my favorite movie, that is my top movie alone. And then after that would be Notebook. But that is my favorite one. When I say they put them two together, 
It was like magic. That was and so hilarious. Like he's another one. Oh yeah. Yes. But he he is one of those people like uh Jason Bates. He kind of yeah. reminds me of oh, that's actually who it is. That's that's my character. Jason Bateman, because I'm gonna tell you, for a long time, when the mm-hmm. series Ozark first came on, when I would look at what this was about, I wasn't impressed. I'm like, eh, I don't want to really watch this about drugs or whatever. But Jason Bateman being in that TV in that series is what made me watch it. And he's mm-hmm. a person like, even when he is being serious. Mm-hmm. he still winds up being a little comedic you yes. know because of his personality and yeah he is one and i'm just really proud of him because it seems like after what was the show he's been on was it not not family ties he was on um i forget the show that he grew up doing when he was the um teenage boy i don't know if it was like family not family matters but family mm-hmm. no family ties is michael j fox I forget what Jason Bateman was in, but it seemed like it was a period of time where he wasn't acting or I wasn't seeing him in the yeah, yeah, he came, he came back, back, you know, with yes. the horrible bosses. And then he did mm-hmm. that movie with, um, I forget the girl's name, but it was called The Gift. Did you see that? Yes. Okay. I, I can't remember too much from it. It's funny because me and my bestie were talking about that movie. Uh, and I said, I couldn't get with that because I didn't, I don't know. I, it wasn't picking me up. I, I'm pretty sure it's a good movie, though. But I didn't stay too long to, you know, look at it. But horrible bosses. But I think every actor and actress goes through a drought sometimes. Uh-huh. And I feel like, you know, the good news about Tom Cruise is that because he has such a wide span with his acting, I don't think I've experienced Tom Cruise in a drought. <laughs> no, I don't Jay, think he has. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the worst Jason thing has, that happened. Yeah. I think the worst thing that happened with Tom, in my opinion, was the whole controversial thing with the Scientology and him and uh, the wife Katie. You know, um, all of that that craziness right there. I had to really pull myself back from that because sometimes you can really like an actor and sometimes mm-hmm. we get too involved with them personally. And I didn't want to like dislike him because of what was going on. You know, <laughs> he married this, this super young woman and, you know, all of this trying to take the baby. It was just too much drama. And I'm thinking, Tom, this is not what I want to see from you. I didn't want to see that from him. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to tune it out so that I could still enjoy him as an actor. You know, we have to learn with these media. people. Yeah. yeah, we have to learn that you have to. We know we love them for their art. We love them for the entertainment they provide, but mm-hmm. we don't know anything about these people personally. You know what yes. I mean? So, like, yes. I love like Angela Lansbury, for instance. That's my mm-hmm. girl in Murder She Wrote. Girl. I do not need. <laughs> and here's my thing: I don't need anybody to come and tell me something crazy like you know Angela Lansbury didn't like black people. I'm like, listen, <laughs> don't tell me no craziness like that because. I am a diehard Murder, She Wrote fan. And so I don't want to know about something personal. Her personal views are her own. It has nothing to do with the character of mm-hmm. Angela. I don't know. What was it? Uh, Fletcher. Mrs. Fletcher. Writing mm-hmm. her books. You know, that was something that inspired me. I just always loved seeing her and just that whole life she had, you know, developing this writing career in her older years after her husband dies, you know, we talked about that 
on our show, kind of developing your new passion. You know, she oh, wasn't always, yeah, she was not always an author. That was something she picked up after her husband died. You know, so I'm like, I just was inspired by that years ago as a young person. So I'm like, I don't really care. I don't want to know how, what, what, her, what she used to do. I don't think I ever knew the origin of it. I just knew it was on the TV. It was yeah. Murder, She Wrote. It was Highway to Heaven. <laughs> Girl, let me tell you, I finally stopped watching Murder, She Wrote for a long time, up until maybe two or three years ago. Every night at 11 o'clock, it used to come on. And I, it might still come on. Uh, the Me TV. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to always put it on Murder, She Wrote, like to go to sleep on. And That's I finally okay. stopped doing that. Because I was like, okay, Sherman, watch something different. Because I was still looking at Murder, She Wrote, Columbo. All yeah, Columbo. Matlock, girl. Matlock with Conrad. And, um, and the girl, and don't let me forget about the heat of the night. And the heat oh, of yeah. the night. Yeah, I came into, into enjoying that. Because um, <laughs> I couldn't stand it when I was younger. And my parents would watch it. Because it would just see, it was so dated. Yeah. Oh, that was me and Grandma's bonding time. That was me and Granny's bonding time because she had she would watch her church. See, Monday was the lineup. Monday was her church with Greater Grace. They used to do like a Bible study type thing on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Then after that, we would have the heat of the night. I think, and then after the heat of the night, there would be uh, Dear John, girl. <gasps> Now I like I'm your song. Dear John. 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 Dear Girl, I, yes, I can stand that show. Uh, it's funny. I had to. Ha- I had to grow into an appreciation of that later. But when that, when I used to hear that, nice line, the, the the song coming on, it was like, oh my god, You're nice out. <laughs> like, yeah, all right. I'm like, good night, good night, I mean, mom. I but girl, yeah, it, the movies is good. That's why I love movies are therapeutic. TV shows, everything. I love the you know the the oldies. You you go back and you appreciate what they was trying. Like you said with uh, Murder She Wrote, they know that she was a, a widow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, you know, and how each show tries to teach you, even Highway to Heaven. You know that one was really deep. Um, that was a very deep show. <laughs> And then he ended up actually passing in the middle of one of those seasons. So um, the guy from Little House on the Prairie, if anybody wants to know who was playing um, Highway to Heaven. But his name was Michael, right? In real yeah, life. Michael. Michael Landon? Yeah. Michael Landon. Oh, yeah. I was a fan. And then um, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. <laughs> that was my other uh-huh. one. <laughs> I was a TV fanatic. I had my Star Trek, your Star Trek Next Generation. You know, great. Yeah. Uh, well, I know you had an exciting weekend um, on your road trip. Tell us about. Oh that. yeah, I did go down to North Carolina. I met a couple of widows that are in another widow group that I attend on Tuesdays. Oh, Young Black Widow Incorporated. Just want to make sure. 
at that piece on there. And I met up with Stacy and we hung out at uh, one of the restaurants. And then I met up with Tanisha um, at the Waffle House. So it, it was a good weekend. Um, Charlotte is an up and coming. Well, I guess if people at Charlotte would say it was up and coming, but I guess it's supposed to be the next Atlanta. And there's a lot of things to possibly do in the area where it's their downtown is the attraction for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have wanted to get a little bit more um, done in the city. I know that the girl's uh, birthday that we were going, you know, going down for, she ended up going to our art gallery. And at first when somebody said art gallery, I was like, I don't know. But it was actually an African-American uh, photo art gallery and when they showed me some uh-huh. pictures I was like oh wow that is really you know unique and everything and I said I've never been to an art gallery so it inspired me to try to go to our um, art gallery here downtown um, because I believe they still have some photos up of some of the artists so, because I know we have one, you know, we have a gallery exhibit going on right here. So I was like, that would be a little fun thing to do. I might have to take my stuff because I don't know if my son would really be into that type of art. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a mommy thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to do walking it. around getting irritated. Like, can we go? Yeah. <laughs> hear me looking at the pictures. Uh, but we also, you know, some of the things I did during the week, we was able to get my son to finally pedal his bike, but it's like a struggle. So I think either his seat's too low or the bike too small. And I just got the bike last year. So I'm going to have to work on probably trying to adjust that seat and probably look into another bike. And he goes up to a 20-inch then those bikes do not have training wheels. <laughs> and just now pedaling on the training wheels. So, and that's another thing. That was like a small win of him being able to pedal his bike. But I like those small wins because it was a heavy week, okay? Um, mm-hmm. With everything that was going on with the school shooting um, mm. that happened. And, you know, we our hearts go out to those families. That's a very heartbreaking thing to see. Um, to hear everything. It's just heartbreaking. Um, and then uh, Ray Leona. I, I was like, I was a Ray Leona yeah, fan. I was like, wow. And one of the things, um, and then we get into our topic, because I know we've been talking about acting in movies. <laughs> but um, one of the movies that he don't never get credit for, where he played a young wid- widower, was Karina Karina. That was my favorite Ray Leona. Everybody go to Goodfellas or his other movies, but my favorite Ray Leona movie of all time was Karina Karina. And he was, um, his wife had passed, mm-hmm. and he had a young girl, which is the, I think the girl that played Matilda. Mm-hmm. She had not played Matilda, but she played in some other movies. She was a childhood, a child um, actress. Um, and then you have Whippy Goldberg, and he hired her to be the nanny. And kind of, I think she was the maid too. I can't her. See, but it was based back, like even though it happened in the nineties, the the era that it took place in was probably the sixties. 
So it was still a lot of um, racism, racism at its height, even though we have it now. I'm about to say, right, I'm like, huh? Yeah, it's still, just, going it, it's still going on. But in the 90s, I felt like it was kind of like every time you admit it, people were like, oh, yeah, you should forget about it. But you can't, you really can't forget about racism when it's still right. embedded into, you know, this culture. And so it was a good movie because it taught, he went through the stages of grief. And at the time, as a child, seeing it, I was like, "Oh, he 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 need to get it together." But he he fell um, in love with Wookie's character, <laughs> so it was cute yeah. to see how that kind of developed and how he still had triggers and everything. And like, mm-hmm. okay, look at it now. I'm like, I can really see where you know all that come from. I can see those stages of grief. Whereas when you're a child looking at it, you're like, I don't know why. But it was still my favorite movie before Becoming a Widow, and it just makes it even more special. And yeah, uh, rest in peace to him, because he was one of my favorites as well. And Ray made some good films. And he did a um, TV series, um, Shades of Blue. Oh, Shades of Blue, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was such a great series. And it, it wasn't all long. It didn't need to be. It wasn't. I remember looking yeah. at it a couple of times. But, um, yeah, it didn't need to be know. long. But it was it was a really good series. Yeah, I was um, sad to see that he passes. And I also saw that he had just gotten engaged, I believe, like in December. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, uh, you know, our hearts go out to his family, especially his fiance, if he's not already married, um, because that's a hard one. It's, it's hard. And she kind of entered into our kind of, our our, <laughs> our journey of trying to heal from heartache, especially because it was so, it was so sudden because he was on uh, set and I want to say Puerto Rico. He was he was there at that location filming, so he wasn't on set, but he was, you know, he was found. I think they're still trying to figure it out. Details of what happened. Yeah, I think he. uh, Unreal when I saw it in my sometimes, and that kind of it's funny, you know. It's not funny, but when you see those type of stories, it's Mm -hmm. almost like every time I open my Google feed and I see, you know, how they have the news that shows up. It's mm-hmm. almost like, Lord, please don't let this be about somebody, you know, passing. You know, because it's like we're getting so much, you know, of that kind mm-hmm. of news every day. And then I see why people, you know, some people who have chosen to, you know, oh, I'm going to get off Facebook. Because I don't know how it is that Instagram and, and like the TikTok, that's not a platform for sharing this kind of news, like the negative no. news. Because that day when we learned about the, the school shooting, mm-hmm. I don't think I had been on Facebook all day. And that was the day my, my grandkids came to visit, you know, and I took this picture of us, me and the girls, you know, laying in my hammock on my deck. And then mm-hmm. I go to post that on Facebook and I'm like, I'm all in a good mood, good spirits. And then I go scrolling, and then that was like the first thing I see after I posted that picture. And then it kind of made me feel guilty, you know, because I'm sharing my joy with my mm-hmm. grandkids. And then I'm like, oh, my God, you know, then, and, you know, many miles away, you have all these people who just lost their kids. And it was yeah. just like, I was, and the I was numbers surprised. kept going up. Yeah. yeah. And that's what got me, because at first... I thought, okay, it was a school shooter. I said, they probably caught the person. 
But then the numbers went into the double digits, and I'm like, well, how long was he in there? And then it's a, it's just a lot. And, yeah, and that just brings you – that kind of brings us to the subject of – because current events, like you said, current events, Facebook, Instagram is not that kind of feed, but it does feed latest events. So it does give you that information. And TikTok, I think it's mostly – kind of like networking more so and doing fun games and stuff but they are every platform does venture into a, a current event if it's a devastating one um but it just gives us into that mode because i think with me you know seeing those kids they are only a few years older than what my son is you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and um they did, you know, they did call 911. If people didn't know that, the kids did call 911 um, as the shooting was happening. Um, and so it just brings us to that thing because when you, when you have those conflicted feelings and you need someone to talk to, how do you, you know, fight it when you realize, okay, I'm, I don't have that person? Or how do you, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it kind of puts me into the sunken place <laughs> in Littlehood. <laughs> I'd be like, I need to went to the sunken place. Like, Lord, because you want to be able to express those thoughts with your mate. You know what I'm saying? That's your other partner. And I could just imagine some of those who didn't have those other partners that had to wait outside to hear the news of if they can't made it or not out of there. You know what I'm saying? Out of yeah. that school. Um, but not to, you know, dwell too much on that. I think the media is doing a lot of coverage on that, which is good. We need changes when it comes to gun control. But um, just to dwell, you know, just to go back to our topic of how do you get out of the sucking place of littlehood? Uh, and and I'm we're describing that, right, as when... Like you know, something you triggers you, and then you feel, you know, the the loneliness of it, because you're on this path, and I think what makes you feel like you're in that sunken place is that you're feeling that aloneness or that that bond that you had with that person not being there in the physical form to talk to them. Um, it also could be like, will somebody ever, you know, want to be with me? I know. <laughs> My son asked the weirdest question, which was, "Mom, why you don't have no boyfriend?" And that kind of took me aback. I said, "Well, wow. I just don't." And he says, "They don't like you." <laughs> what? They don't like you, mom. And he was like, "That's okay, because I'm gonna marry you. I'm like a boy. We don't incest up in here." Uh-huh. And second, we're not my. You don't marry your mom. I'm your mom. You marry who you love. You don't marry your mom. But in his head, I think he's thinking, well, I'll make you whole. Yeah, he doesn't want to make you happy. I'll make you happy. happy. Yeah, and he thinks, okay, if she has somebody, that would be good. I think one time he asked me, well, I don't have another daddy. So he's one of those, I think he's going to be a family person. He likes to have family around him. And I don't blame him because family brings that togetherness, that closeness. So... Like until until they bring the drama. <laughs> yes, until drama. Yeah, I'm gonna say like my family. Um, my family has been broken in terms of, you know, my mom and dad. You know, 
um, most of my, all of my adult life, they kind of have been apart. They weren't, you know, together. They had a brief sense of trying to reconcile. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the older that I've gotten, mm-hmm. I really rec- recognize the gravity of that situation. And like sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, certain decisions that you make in life or things that happen in your life, you don't always feel the the consequences of those decisions until much later. You know what I'm saying? When you right. get older and can look can look at it through, you know, a wider range of experiences because, you know, I've said on the show before, you know, I'm a divorcee, you know, as well as a widow. Mm-hmm. You know, and um I divorced my husband twice. <laughs> Once mm-hmm. when my oldest daughter, she probably was three when he and I divorced. And then when we got back together, like five years later, and then had my son, I think we divorced when my son was about two. But, you know, of course, <laughs> in the moment of wanting to get out of that marriage and um, moving forward, you know, and just going back into my single mom mode, you know, which I had been accustomed to doing anyway, mm-hmm. it's kind of like not until years later you know that I can look at it and say wow I really even though I had more peace in my Mm -hmm. life like not having you know dealing with a troubled marriage and marriage can be so hard you know um, Mm -hmm. even you know when you're in love you know it's just marriage is a hard thing you know it's not designed to be easy you know we say we you become one but it says become one because that's a process when you stand up in front of, you know, and you make those vows, you're not instantaneously on the same page. That right. takes a lot of communication, disagreements, and, you know, all of these things, you know, but when I made the decision to not be with my ex-husband, you know, and to just move on, I felt happy and content, but I kind of realized later on things that you know, we're missing, you know, and things that also came about and made life feel kind of difficult, you know what I mean? Because then I'm dating, you know, while raising my children. And then I had a remarriage while my kids were, you know, growing up. And then you're kind of dealing with uh, the complications of a blended family, you know. And so then as you get older, like where I am now, and going back to my parents, like the fact that they separated and they don't really get along. Now, when I come up with, with um, situations where, okay, the holiday is coming, mm-hmm. you want to have a family gathering. Now I have to be thinking about my parents don't want to be around each other. So I have to think, okay, well, if I invite mom, she might not want to come if I tell her I'm going to invite dad or, or dad might not come. And it's just like, ugh, it's just, it's overwhelming. You know what I mean? And you just think about the brokenness you know, of families and how we all have to live with these types of things that, um, you know, that, that happen in your life, you right. know, and it just makes life overall just challenging, you know, and when I think about my late husband, in terms of like what you were speaking of, you know, wanting mm-hmm. someone to have to talk to and share things with, <laughs> when I think about him, we didn't have that type of relationship but I can just envision his rage. He was a very passionate person, you know, and then he loved politics. So he would have been mm. glued to the TV. You know, he, his TV, his channel was <laughs> MSNBC. That's mm. what he like, like how I put, I put the TV on lifetime automatically. Mm-hmm. 
his thing was putting the TV on MSNBC. So mm. I watched a lot of news uh, when he and I were together. And, um, you know, so I'm glad that he was not here or was not here to see that tragedy, you know, yeah. and just knowing how he would have felt about that. Because it's like this world, even though we talk about we need to change the laws and things like that. And it's like, it's really unfortunate, but we're not in a time where things are going to get better. You know what I'm saying? It's like things mm-hmm. are going to be worse. And that makes it even hard, um, you know, while because we're still living in this, you know, we still have mm-hmm. to deal with, you know, the, the fallout, dealing with the heartbreak. Um, it's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. living on this earth, you know, and then you couple that with, you know, you long, no longer have a spouse, you know, you don't have that companion, you know, mm-hmm. so I see what you mean, like the sunken place, you just get there like, man, I got to mm-hmm. go through this life. And I got to do it by myself, you know, without yes. my partner. And it's getting harder and harder. You know, we just got to really fight to find, to try to find some joy and peace. And, oh, but it's, it's challenging. Yeah. It's been some tough years because when I became a widow, when we, when we both became a widow in 2017, of course, we went through and we still, you know, because again, grief never ends. It's just how you work through it. We went through our early stage of grief. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So by the time we did that, we done got our head above water. We went back to school to finish your degree. I started trying to participate in different activities, do more things with my son. And then I started, you know, doing a little traveling. And then COVID happened. And I think from there, you're glued to the screen because now you're locked in. You don't know what to do. Um, and finding, you know, seeing all that, that death that happened and, you know, worried about the diseases. And then, like you said, that don't stop people from dying from cancer or, or any other things that's going on in your family or a family conflict during those times. And then you have um, the George Floyd, that, that video still, you know, takes everybody aback because of what was happening to him. Um, and then you have all the Breonna Taylors and everything um, with the guy that was jogging and he was killed. Like, you have all those things that you have to worry about as well. And then with some of us, we had to continue working. So to, to, to re- deal with that on top of other, uh, you know, nation events that impact a world, you know, not just the United States, but it impacted the world is a lot. And then, you know, I went through a, uh, and I'm still going through it, a grieving process of my friend that suddenly passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turned around. Now we into the year again. <laughs> and it's just the, the mass shootings of the school that happened in Oxford early, I mean, late last fall, you know, last winter, last fall, winter. And now that you think, okay, that should have jarred something. And then uh, hear the shooting of the babies, and he just ran into the school. You know what I'm saying? Still don't know how have the reason why. And it's like, you know, mentally I try to shake it, but then I do get to the point where I need a relief. My relief would have probably been, you know, going out. Sometimes I want to go out with the, you know, the opposite sex, or sometimes I would like to just sit there and talk to my guy, and he's not here. For me to talk to, even though I don't know if he had been too engrossed in everything, but those th- those 
can we say two or three years? These two, <laughs> going on three in a minute, but these two years, me and him would have had probably deeper conversations that might have deepened our bond or might have, <laughs> you know, separated our bond because, you know, you'll get, you don't know what that would have felt like. I feel like it would have deepened right. because there'd been more to talk about. I would have probably got to know him more because we would have been in close quarters 24-7. And I... Um, well, you know, you know that that got to some people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got... Close quarters. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, okay, oh, yes. separated, divorced. Yes. Like, oh, my God, you're my yes. husband? Oh. Yes, and then come out knocked up. I think I would have came out <laughs> extra kid. Because um, I would have been busy. Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of COVID babies. Uh, but... It's just you don't get that that moment to you know discuss with them what's going on or anything and then it's just you sit back like I said my you know my son looks at the other kids now he's very very vocal he sees they got dads that pick them up and he gets quiet and the more he gets into like sporting type of activities or. Mm-hmm. Even, um, you know, I even thought about putting my other activities that weren't sport related. He still see the father figures and he looks and it, you know, it, it, he looks at that and he wants that. You know what I'm saying? He even asked him, why can't we have a sibling? I'm like, you know, that's when I think he asks is why you don't have a, <laughs> why you don't have a man? Because mm-hmm. that would fix the issue. <laughs> but yeah, it's just getting out of that sunken place because it's hard to date, you know. We've been locked in, and then the dating game, and everybody a guru out here, everybody giving you advice, and they don't advise you out, you know what I'm saying, of how to date and everything. It's overwhelming, and the way you meet people is basically you can go out, but the reject bad, the Majority of people are online just because of how we were forced into that solely online era. So it's that. And then it's like, how do you connect with people? Because you can connect with someone, right? And really have a really deep connection with that person. Mm -hmm. You're thinking online. You're you're good. You're talking. Y'all chit-chatting. But then you get the, I'm not ready. You know what I'm saying? Or you get the, oh, I, I don't, you know, or they, you know, they put their best foot forward for two weeks. <laughs> I call it the two week rule. And then they slowly, when they will text every day, it becomes every four days, every three yeah. and two, yeah. and then every blue moon. And it's more so sometimes entertainment for them. Yeah. And that's really, it's really difficult too, because yeah. it's kind of like when you are coming out of a marital situation and like, even with my marital situation being what it was like, yes, mm-hmm. it was a challenging situation, but I, by no means, I was like a glutton for punishment. I loved my husband. And even though, you know, he, you know, was kind of mean a little bit, like when he got sick and even before he got sick, he wasn't doing all that I believe that he could to like really nurture our marriage and really see to my needs. But because of my love for him, mm-hmm. I was happy with him. I didn't have a desire to, you know, oh man, I wish I wasn't married to him. I wish I could go and date it. It was like, I still had the the benefit of being in a stable relationship. You know, that, that way I knew his habits. 
You know what I mean? It was not a surprise to me certain things that were going on. And that's kind of the beauty of a long-term relationship or a marital situation because you know one another. And then now being widows, when you get out here and you Mm -hmm. start dating and it's like you're starting all over. And it's really no fun when you get to be our age. I think once you get like over 35, 40-ish, you've had a lot of life experience and so has that other person that you're dealing with. And it's a lot to try to, you know, put together. People are at different stages of their lives. They don't know what to share with you, what not to share with you. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all coming into the situation like when you're in your 40s, you got 20 years plus uh, of baggage from your previous situations. That makes it even harder, you know, to try to have a functioning relationship because I find myself Sometimes I'll think, uh, even though, you know, like I'm, I'm dating someone and sometimes I just feel like, like this wasn't how my life was supposed to go. Like, I still sometimes go back to why wasn't I thought I was going to be that person. Right. To, like fall in love, you know, with my high school sweetheart, marrying my high school sweetheart, had many years with this person and that was supposed to be it. But instead... I just did some crazy stuff in my life. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like still amazed when I look at my life. I'm like, really? This is what I did? This is how life turned out for me? Divorced, that's what I think. Not widow. You know, I'm like, I wasn't supposed to be that person. And see, that's how I kind of look at my situation and widowhood. Um, I grew up in a household that did not have the mom and dad presence you know my mom and my grandmother were my predominant uh, guardians and then my aunt you know my great aunt raised me as well Um, Mm -hmm. and so marriage to me was a a really accomplishment up there with me getting my degree from Michigan State and get me a job all that was all up there and you know so I looked at I cherished my marriage as something I you know accomplished and worked hard at and was working on our communication and then having our son and having you know being able to raise him with a guy (laughs) you know what I'm saying he's not gonna be raised by a predominant female and I looked at that and maybe I did take that part for granted you know what I'm saying but then he passed and like you said you look back that's how i think why i'm afraid of 40 (laughs) i got to 40 and i look back and i'm like i did all that and i still feel like i'm back at square one like yeah and now i'm at my age like oh my god i'm 47 i'm gonna be four see what i just did i just rushed myself i just moved my 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 age up like He's like, I'm, I'm like, yeah. no, I am 46. Let me get it right. Yeah. I'm 46, but I just be feeling like, do I still have time to Turn have around. that love again? You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. even though I got married, you know, more than once, I never got my, like, that big wedding. I never had that. So that's like a sore spot for me. When I would go to people's weddings, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, you see all the beautiful bridesmaid dresses and the, you know, the processional and the dance, the reception. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. have that. And I just feel like, why didn't I get that? So it's like sometimes when life, when you look back at your life, you have this life that you 
thought you were going to have in your head. And mm-hmm. then you got to compare it to the life that you actually have. Right. And sometimes that is very, it's very different. And it's like, man, and, and, mm-hmm. and it's hard to shake, you know, because I also try to be a person to like not have regrets, you mm-hmm. know, and kind of look at it like, okay, well, it was supposed to happen. Cause like we right. always tell God what we want to do, but he already got that together. Like our, our life is already predestined and you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. he knew what my story was going to be, even though I didn't know. And I you didn't know, know either. I, I mean, that that's the thing. You never know where you would land. And as my grandma said, you know where you've been, but you don't know where you're going. You don't know and where you're going. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I, I don't like that feeling, you know, and like you said, <laughs> You, I like I said, I'm 39. I'm about to be 40 in two months, and I look back and I'm like, dang, this is not, this was not, not the 40 that you imagine. Yeah, that you it's imagine ghetto. for yourself. Oh, don't say that. It's not. Yeah, 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 it's ghetto. I, I, I was like, I ain't got not even a half a boo. Uh, nothing. Like it's just, uh, it's. it's well, I'll just, tell you what's worse. Uh, almost worse than not having a boo. Is having one and then going through stuff. And sometimes I feel like I am still acting or having the thoughts of, or it's kind of like my 46 year old self mm-hmm. is dealing with my, let's say my 26 year old self. Like mm-hmm. that woman is still there, you know, like still making the same kind of mistakes and, you know, it's it's not easy. Like sometimes, like they say, the grass isn't always greener on the mm-hmm. other side. Because like I talked to my daughter, and you know she's newly married. I think her and her husband have been married uh, going on three years. You know, but sometimes when she talks to me and you know telling me kind of what they're going through, they're trying to become one. They're going through some challenges, and when yeah. she tells me some of the things that are happening, then I be thinking, ooh. I am glad I'm not in that situation anymore. I'm glad <laughs> I don't have to, you know, have somebody that I have to make decisions with. So sometimes it's the beauty in being able to do things yourself. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes, you know, it's the other side of that too. You know, sometimes it's exhausting having to do things yourself. I just yeah. have my uh, guy that came out here to like look at my deck that I had put on. And every time he comes, you know, what I'm talking about Eddie. He didn't give me no prices this time, but he always points out like things around What's my car that I need. Oh yeah, you need to get that. You need to do that. And then I'm just thinking, I'm just, I'm just one person. I do have a seven, 18 year old son, you know, but he mm-hmm. can't do this whole yard, you know, by himself, you know, so that right there kind of irritates me because I have a friend who's a married man. Mm-hmm. And he does all the long. Like, he takes care of that. So I can be envious of his wife, you know, like, man, she got this husband, and I don't know how else he treats her. But mm-hmm. it's like, man, but at least she got somebody that takes care of the yard. She don't have to worry about getting somebody to cut the grass and put the mulch out and all of that kind of stuff. You know, I so I, I miss, I miss her. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, five for ten at Lowe's. I think this was the last day. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, oh, I think I'm gonna do pick up, so I pick it up tomorrow and pay for it tonight online or something. Oh, I might Hopefully. have to do that. I didn't know they had, but I didn't realize that the Lowe's. I know I I get that Lowe's and Home Depot. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I need to go online right now. <laughs> but yeah, that's a moment. I agree. And it, it, it's I, I'm with you because I do look at others that have their husbands and stuff, and I'd be like, man, uh, you know, I wish I still had mine because he was one of a kind. I mean, again, he was you know going through it, but he still went over there to help with his uncle. You know what I'm saying? Or he always would help with people, and it it's hard to you know go from, you know, having somebody that would help you to not having someone that, you know, and then, like you said, that's a trigger for me when they point out stuff that's wrong. Oh, yeah, you need this. You need that. I have anxiety attacks at night. Like, I had anxiety that the ceiling come in because I know <laughs> I have fear for stuff just going wrong in the house. You know what I'm saying? And I have no way of fixing it you know um and i think that's my my biggest thing is that i'm at the point where i you know i i I have anxiety about stuff like that and having to do it myself and like you said you know when mr eddie comes out yeah he named it stuff that's like the shells i had to have removed that was a lot for removal in my opinion (laughs) I feel like that was a lot of, and even though he cleaned up, left no trace, it was nothing that was out of place. It still got to be paid for. You still yeah, got to pay for. Yeah, that's he's telling me what I need. Oh yeah, you need to get the you uh-huh. can put some concrete around here. I'm like, yeah, that sounds all well and good, but it also sounds all well and pricey. <laughs> it is. Like, he I can't is, get all of that done right now. He is solely <laughs> there to sell, and that's and that and. He doesn't take in a count like dang that might be uh that might be too much for her right now. Oh no, not at all. But, yeah, but you know, they, they don't see it that way. They see it as work, 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 work. <laughs> yeah, you know, but then that's when we have to, you know, think about like when it comes to home ownership, mm-hmm. it's like it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, like, it's always going to be stuff that needs to be done around the house. You know, mm-hmm. some stuff is cosmetic, some stuff we just want, and then some stuff we need. And it's like there's a balancing act you have to constantly go through, you know, mm-hmm. to see, okay, what do I absolutely need to do? And then what do I want to do? Because I'm also a, a believer in, you know, we work hard, mm-hmm. and I think it's important to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Like when we're working, I don't think all your money should not just be going towards bills, towards your kids, you know, towards your retirement. You need to put some of that money towards enjoying yourself. And that was one thing I was so glad, you know, that right before I left my job (laughs) that I had already made that decision to get my debt put on, you know, because I had been saving for it. And Mm -hmm. so it was just one. It was a a blessing that I made the decision and had already started paying for it before the decision to leave my job came. Because probably if that had not been the case when I decided to leave my job, mm-hmm. I might have been intimidated and like, oh no, I'm about to be off my job. I better not get this debt. I might have talked myself out of getting it. You know, right. so I'm glad I had went on and spent that money that was already put aside for the debt. And so like now that I have that, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna enjoy this deck. Any type of entertainment that I'm doing it's going to be on this deck 
<laughs> that I already paid for. I'm not renting no nothing, you know, but we got to enjoy our money, you know, as well. Because it's always yeah. people's hands out, you know, for what they want. You know, mm-hmm. Eddie trying to make money. So he come over here. I called him over here to do a repair on my deck. And then mm-hmm. by the time you leave, you done told me two, three other things that you could do for me. Oh, they always going to find out. I told you <laughs> what he said about my basement. I deck this basement out. Well, I'll get back to you because you ain't decking this right. This one going to stay um, like she is right now until further notice. Because, you know, I have a lot to do. More to it. I have to uh, waterproof the other side that's starting to leak. Um, so, you know, there's still stuff. The big, the biggest amount is that proofing. And then from there, you know, putting the stuff up. But I, it just reminds me of, you know, finding somebody, um, that knows how to do things or can teach you, you know what I'm saying? Like the drywall. I'm pretty sure that takes two people, but I would love to know how to just repair drywall or fix it. Um, I look at my bathroom, which is going to have to be replaced. I had to come to grip with that. <laughs> she going to have to be replaced because the drywall in there, because it's peeling, it's had moisture. I think it's the way I run the water. So maybe I can't have um, that type of heat going in the bathroom because it's not circulating out or something. But when the mm-hmm. first guy came out, he told me it was my roof. But then I had to think about it. If it's the roof, it would leak all the time. It would show, you know what I'm saying? It would show without, this only occurs when the water, like I said, when the bathroom is, when the heat is in the bathroom from the shower. So it's not the roof, you know what I'm saying? This only occurs when I'm in the shower. So, Do you have one of those exhaust fans? Or yeah, but like I don't think it exhausts out, even though oh, it's working. No, it's not. It's mm. not doing its job. Um, so it's not exhausting out. Um, so yeah, it, it's 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 just you know, use it because people will take advantage. They will. Oh, they will. Yeah, they so, will. Cause he's telling me about some black windows uh, for like my crawl space area. And I do want some, you know, but I'm like, you can give me a quote, but, you know, it's not necessary. So that's like a cosmetic thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll I'll think about it, you know, but that's yeah. got to find ways to cut costs and, you know, you try to enjoy life. It's, it's so short. It, it's so short. It really I think is. Sometimes, you know, we spend so much time complaining or you know we we get in our feelings about life because life is hard you know but I try to you know sometimes you gotta turn it off you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like get off of the Facebook and you know not looking at so many tragedies whether it be national news or whether it just be something close and personal that Mm -hmm. you know in your family or just somebody else that you know and, you know, it, it puts things in perspective, you know, when tragedies like that happen and you see just how soon, how quickly, you know, your life can be over. You right. know, you think about those people in um, Brooklyn, New York, you know, in their grocery store. Here's some crazy. Oh, that was Buffalo. To do that. Buffalo. And yeah, you Brooklyn know was the subway. Yeah, it's been, okay. yeah, it's been quite a bit now that I think about it. We had a lot of little mass. Um, 
shootings that's been going and on. Random. Been, I mean, I, I yeah. wish that there was some way that we could find out what that young man's motivation was. Like, what would make him go to this elementary school? It's mm-hmm. like, why would you want to do that to those kids? Innocent. I, I don't get babies. that. I just, it's like, I mean, I know none of us get it. Yeah. But it's like, what? What? Yeah. It's just something you can't even wrap. You can't even wrap your mind around it, and it's so sad because sometimes for me, the only way that I can cope and get through it is just like I say my prayer, you know, for the families, and I have to detach like from the news. Because I did mm-hmm. look at the news like that that day that it happened, and I kept looking at it and. Oh, it was just like, oh my goodness. And then I'm hearing that um, a couple of the parents are talking about having open caskets, um, you know, mm-hmm. to try to send a message, you know, to these uh, political people who are not voting, you know, to change these gun laws because and the NRA might... are, you know, contributing to their campaigns, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, I'm it might like, work because the media was circulated. It's just like um, going back, not to you know be on a more dreary type of subject here, but I think you pulled um, brought a uh, good point up because there was an open casket for Emmett Till, yeah, and that was to like send the message on how they were doing African Americans um, during the civil rights um, time. So this is definitely I commend the parents for doing that. That's a hard one to do because. I heard those were headshots that were done. Some of the kids couldn't even be identified. So that tells you right yeah. there how he shot them up. And if they willing to do an open casket, that's, you know, that's pretty brave, you know, because I, I don't know if I could sit and see it. Um, yeah. But, uh, devastating. It's devastating. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a lot devastating. And like I said, on top of that, <laughs> you got to go through your journey. <laughs> Like this is not it. I like I need a like you need a break. You won't. It should be nothing but uh pure roses. <laughs> you know, and it goes well, you know, it goes well for a while, you know, because in life you got the good and the bad. But need a, I, I I'm tapping out. This pandemic didn't help. <laughs> and these mass shootings are not helping either. Oh, not at all. I definitely would say that huh, when you get in the sunken place, what can we do to get out of there? Prayer. Um, yep. Sometimes I get stuck sometimes where I can't let the tear out. Like my pride won't let it out. But I feel like if I was to release that tear, I would feel so much better. Uh, but it, it, it stuck. It, it stuck sometimes. And I'm like, why are you stuck? But I think it's the pride in me. That like I'm not gonna let this just get me down every time. But if you can release those tears because it does clear, so yeah. it's good to do that. A prayer, a little meditation. Hey, I even put on because I have to distract myself from something. In fact, when the shooting happened, I wasn't looking at it. I actually was listening to something my friend called and told me. Um, that it happened. I said, I thought I saw something, but I, for some reason, I didn't think it, I thought they had caught the duck enough that he didn't do any damage. 
Um, that's before the number started going up of who was, you know, of the people that was deceased. Um, but I looked, I listened to the Strawberry Letter by Hardy <laughs> and uh, and uh, oh, what's her name? Cheryl? Is it Shirley? Oh, Cheryl Strawberry. Oh yes, honey. I, I, yes. <laughs> So that was that was definitely, I'm sure, more entertaining. Yeah, that gives me my comic relief because I love to laugh. So something that make you laugh, a good movie. Now, don't be like me because I was in the sucking place. Was it Sunday? I think Sunday because you know I love the holidays and this is a time that I used to love the grill and my husband do his thing and he watching the game, you know, the NBA finals and or whatever. It's all, but. I love me some John Claude Van Damme. Yes, I do. <laughs> so that's my other boo that I stopped everything for to watch. Uh, so I put in Nowhere to Run. And the basis of this story, because this is one of my favorite John Claude stories, and it ended differently than most John Claude Van Damme movies end. You know, normally he rides out into the Somerset with, I mean, into the sunset with the girl, but this one didn't end that way. Uh, so it's about, it's about a guy that was in prison, but he took the rap for his friend, but his friend broke him out of prison, but he got killed in exchange. Spoiler alert. And so he um, stumbles upon this firm because he, you know, of course he's going to continue because he feel like he should have been in jail in the first place. And he sees this lady with her two kids, which she happens to be a widow. So it's ironic that I picked wow. that movie to watch <laughs> because it goes through her spells of raising her kids and how the son took to the guy because he wanted that dad figure and how she has to you know show him videos to you know of their dad and everything so you know that that gives me that feel good moment because i'm pretty sure she literally was on the farm minding her business <laughs> and here comes this guy out of nowhere <laughs> that changed her life and helped her save the farm it's a whole story so I say that to say that, you know, put on something that makes you feel good. I went for a walk, went for a bike, you know, yeah. um, biking. In fact, I got my bike coming in the mail. I finally purchased one. All right, all right. Ooh, yeah, something else that works for me, too, is music. Sometimes yes, I have to music. Because the type of TV that I like to watch, I think sometimes it... Um, Triggers you. Got the best for me. <laughs> you got your lifetimes on. I've been looking at my lifetime. Exactly, girl. Stay thinking like mm, mm. stay side eyeing people. But when I turn it off and I go and put my Pandora radio on, and I like the oldies, so I'd be listening to like Luther Vandross uh, radio or to me, I'm like an R and B person. And so I like, you know, just to sing along with I mean, it truly lifts my spirit. And, you know, the right type of song might come on and just take you back. You know, the song really gets me. <laughs> that was one of my favorite childhood love songs, but it was Janet Jackson, Let's Wait okay. a While. When I hear that song yeah. come on, like, just the beginning of it, the way it yeah, that does something to me, you know? Mine is, I think it's again. By Janet Jackson oh, yeah. again from, uh, from Poetic Justice. And only mm -hmm. because we know that Tupac was killed. And so, not in the movie, but he was killed right. in real life. And then that song just hits differently. And it hits differently now since, you know, 
I, uh, you know, Janet, one of my favorite people. That's my favorite artist of all time. You know, I love me some Janet. I ain't gonna discuss the concert situation because it gets me upset now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it, it, it again does it for me. But you know, her song that gets me hype, Esca, uh, is Escapade. <laughs> Oh yeah, I like that. My, now my hype song is Pleasure Principle. Uh-oh. I thought Pleasure Principle was like one of I don't know. Janet has so many hits, but Pleasure yes. Principle I probably enjoyed that best from because I liked that her moves, that her dance moves on that in that mm-hmm. video. They weren't all you know like choreographed like with the rhythm nation and everybody else with her. It was just like her just getting her groove on. <laughs> Around that big studio, like just mm-hmm. I love that. That was that's one of my favorite Janet videos. Yeah, and since yeah. you mentioned Luther, Power of Love, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luther, he had a few of them, girl. And I'm excited because my girl Anita Baker coming to town. Yeah. I think the tickets gonna sell next week, honey. If I ain't there, I already told my yeah, friends. I'm if I ain't there. Getting it, singing along with her, and that one tear rolled down my eye. Leave me be, leave me be. I'm having me a moment. One of my best time, best classes I ever went to was when she was at Pine Knob, and I went to see her twice. The first year, well, I saw her one time. I saw her one time at Pine. Yeah, no, I saw her twice. I went with mom the first year, and then the second year I went with Owen mom, and he loved it too. He was like, oh yeah, I like Anita Baker. So we up there singing along. It was a really it was a really good time with a really good group of people. I think that was around it, it was just a really good time, especially in Michigan during that time. It wasn't really nothing bad that happened or nothing. You know what I'm saying? From the concert. There was a lot of people at that. People love Anita, honey. A whole lot of people was there. But, you know, yeah, it was just a, it was a really, really good time. So, yeah, the old school music does it all the time. So, yeah, that's what does it for me. Tune it out to TV and now with it being summertime. I also, you know, my deck, my deck is my, 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 my safe space. It's like I go out mm-hmm. there put my headphones in and just relax. You know, you, we got to give ourselves those moments. It's good to be informed, know what's going on in the world, but I would tell people, like, when, one of my co-workers, I used to kind of kind of poke fun at me because, like, he mentioned stuff that was on the news and was on the radio, and I wouldn't know about it all the time. And he'd be like, you don't watch the news, you ain't supposed to be informed, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I am as informed as I need to be. We live in a crazy world. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. and I hate, and I hate, because, you know, sometimes when I decide, okay, let me put it on the news this morning. Mm-hmm. What happens when I put it on the news? Now I'm down and depressed and scared yeah. for my family. And, you know, you see in car crashes, fatal car crash. And, yes. you know, now we got COVID and then you got celebrities dying. It's like, I'm supposed to look at this mm-hmm. in the morning? I'm like, no, I will kindly go to my phone to check the weather because that's what I usually turn the news on for. You know, we, I know what's going on in the world, but I don't need to see the specifics every single day. You know, you have to control what you let come into, into your space, you know, because yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot of crazy out there. And yeah, if I have a young one, so he observe, he's kind of absorbing what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I said the wrong word, but it's absorbing. He's absorbing 
what's going on on the radio. So he'd be like, it was a car accident? So I usually either I do music or I try to do meditation, depending on if it was a rough rough morning. But yeah, just, you know, sometimes you just have to detach because it will put you in the sucking place. So this is another good episode here. (laughs) A little more. But we had to, we had to. It was uh, a lot to talk about, though, you know? Yeah, we kind of touched on a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot, of, a lot going on. So we want to make sure everybody kept far, you know, kept informed. But we want to also, like, tell people, so, you know, we know that feeling. I've been there. I have to kind of get myself up out of it. 40 is really knocking on my door, and I'm like, ooh, we, honey. So, until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.